Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, every week, I don't know what planet he's on at the moment because I haven't seen him in so long, but it is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's up? Uh, listen, I'm sipping on a very smooth gold label Irish whiskey right now. It's I'm back. Uh, Dad's back, guys. I'm ready to talk Perfect. Star Wars. I'm currently <laughs> constructing Luke Skywalker school in my backyard. It's going to be great. Nothing bad will happen there, guys. What? Nothing and, and, bad will happen there. I I'm, glad, you. I'm glad no you brought up Star Wars because this is our Mandalorian uh, review podcast that we do. Oh, wait. Is it? Is it Mandal Boba? It's, it's the what Boba is it? Book Club. The Boba Book Club. But we don't. It's really the Mandalorian right now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, we, there's a hidden chapter within this book. Oh, the hidden <laughs> chapter. The hidden chapter is two chapters Boba. long. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, the, we're at the we're. Uh, what is this episode six of the six. Boba Book Club? Well, it's Crazy. episode five. Uh, we this are on is, the no. 90, 94th episode <laughs> of the socially distanced podcast. Okay. Um, or is this no? This is episode six. I apologize. That's what I said. I'm like you're, you're confusing me. Oh, uh, all right. But episode podcast. 94 of the podcast, no one cares. But episode six of the Boba Book Club, which everyone cares about. Um, but we have a, again another all star panel with us this week. Returning, as she does every week, is the incomparable Amanda Rivas, also known as a Mandalorian. Amanda, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's been fun every every week that I've been part of the Bubble Book Club. I look forward to it. Um, it's just super excited. This episode so much to talk about like there was last week. There's even more this week. So I can't wait to get into it and to chat more with you guys. And, and Al, we can't have a penultimate episode right. without my uh, two-time co-host of two podcasts. Of course, he is the man with the plan, the guy who runs our podcast network um apparently one of our podcast hubs uh produced 220 podcasts that's our pop break tv hub in since we launched it two years ago he is of course uh the main host uh of podcast i'm on every single month called tv break and he is my partner and co-host on the brand new bill versus the mcu podcast which yes anyone who's listened to this he has he has he has done it. I am rewatching the MCU. Of course, we got through the Incredible Hulk, so we're we're good. We just got to get through Thor: Dark World, and we'll be fine. Uh, it's, only, it's only up from here. It's only really up is. from here. The most prepared man in the history of being prepared, Alex Marcus, penultimate king. Every penultimate episode he has been on, we're so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to be back. I feel like, you know, Filoni and Favreau knew I was coming on to this episode and just gave me a little <laughs> bit of a treat so after I was suffering through some of the earlier episodes of this suffering. TV show. Well, listen to <laughs> the January, show. What, listen to the January issue uh, issue or episode of uh, TV break on all your favorite uh, streaming platforms and you'll find out why. Alex was not the biggest fan of the first two episodes and finally making his long awaited debut on the socially distanced podcast. Again, he is part of our TV break podcast. He is also the host uh, with his brother, Aaron of the anniversary brothers uh, movie podcast and the anniversary brothers TV podcast. Uh, they just recently had uh, made some choices in January for TV. They covered the that's so Raven spinoff 
Cody in the house, or Corey in the house, I should say. Corey in the house. Bill, come on. How could you get that messed up? I was 25 when it came out. Um, I didn't watch the Disney Channel. And and for the film podcast, they did Snow Dogs starring Cuba Gooding Jr. He is a saint and an angel and the author of the semi-regular column on the popbreak.com called Couch Potato. Josh Sarnecki, my favorite Packer fan. Welcome to Socially Distanced. Oh my goodness. Bill, you're going to make me cry. That was such an introduction. And wow. and I'm so happy to be here and talk about the show formerly known as the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. <laughs> okay, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, we are talking about the penultimate episode. And just a programming note, yes, next week is the finale. We will be giving our Super Bowl picks and also, you know, previewing what's most important about the Super Bowl, the movie trailers and the TV yeah. trailers. Um and then after that, we'll be doing Peacemaker, and then it's a whole bunch of villain I need to get to planning, because Moon Knight <laughs> is a long ways away, and we're only mm-hmm. six weeks away from our ill-produced 100th episode. Al, you are our Luke Skywalker for this episode. I am. Please, teach us the way. Yeah, we're going to go to a Galaxy Far, Far Away, which is basically me reading the Wikipedia plot um, as best as I can. Um and, you know, we have a, a million things to talk about in this episode. Uh, I'll run through it as quick as possible, and then we'll kind of dive right into it. Chapter six, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. This was directed by Dave Filoni and written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, obviously, when we get into a lot of these topics. Cobb, motherfucking van, <laughs> Marshal of Tatooine's Freetown, formerly Mos Pelgo, confronts and shoots Pike Spice Runners. Mando flies to a forested world to visit Grogu and is greeted by none other than R2-D2 and Ahsoka Tano. Tano convinces Mando that his presence will hinder Grogu. So he returns to Tatooine after asking Tano to deliver the gift of Beskar chainmail tunic to the youngling. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker has begun training Grogu, his first student, to use the force. Skywalker helps the youngling remember his home, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, where he saw many Jedi killed during Order 66. Fett and his allies discuss their manpower shortage, and Mando travels to Freetown to enlist Vanth and his people. After Mando leaves, the hired gun, Cad motherfucking Bane, arrives on behalf of the Pikes to order the town to be neutral in the upcoming war. Following a standoff, Bane shoots both the marshal and his deputy. Two pikes later bomb the sanctuary in Mos Espa. Skywalker, bearing Mando's gift, gives a choice to Grogu. Take the chainmail and stop his training, or take Yoda's lightsaber and be trained as a Jedi. Now, that wasn't fan fiction. That's something that just happened close to <laughs> on <it>. Wednesday. <laughs> That wasn't like my, my dream journal that I was reading to you guys. Those <laughs> events happened. Um, I've been so excited to talk about this episode um, because literally within the first 30 second, seconds of it, my heart exploded because Cobb Vanth came back. Um, and and literally people reached out to me as if I got injured and like we're seeking like that if I needed comfort in some way, they were reaching out to me and just checking up on me to see if I was doing okay. That's how important that those first like 30 seconds were. So again, let's let's just talk about this, guys. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I truly don't. I guess we could start at the beginning. 
we um we get cop we get an introduction with basically you know this mini justified episode in the beginning of the book of boba fett we we get uh we get to see the return of Cobb vanth and um we've been talking about him all season so far on this podcast wait, wait. um we have been doing that we we, we. <laughs> the royal the collective we, we. Royal we. <laughs> have been talking about it. so we start with Cobb. He's um, now kind of just getting thrown into all of this. He was happy in his free town. He was now entering this battle with the Pikes. Um, yeah, I guess let's just start there. Where, um, you know, what did you guys think of the return of the Marshal? And uh, I mean, what is what else is there to say? <laughs> I'll start with Bill. <laughs> uh, first off, I, when I saw him walk on, I, I was like, oh man. No wonder Al immediately messaged me as he started watching of fuck my pants exploded. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> something good must've happened. And um, I also, the uh, first thing I thought I was like, you know what? Next time I get a haircut, I'm going to say, cut it like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Haircut. I'm doing the same thing. You, I got the net. You I have the it. silver locks for it. You could cosplay. I don't know if I, I'm cut for his, you know, his uniform, but I, I just like, listen, I, I appreciate it. And um, I was happy for you, mostly. Al. I really was. That was literally, <laughs> I'm just like, thank God. But it, it makes all the sense because now yeah. uh, I think Marshall put it really well uh, last episode, where it's like, Yes, this is a Boba Fett series, but this is kind of like we're really creating the universe here of just like they're going to interact like they're on the same planet. Like this could happen. And yeah. the, and the Pikes are running spice throughout the planet. They're going to run into Cobb. And um, I'm very excited to see what this happens. Although the end of the episode, whew, that, that that definitely had me worried. Most yeah. Yeah. Ben, who we recently had on the podcast, was one of the people who reached out to me. God bless and him. God bless him. All, literally, he, he, he didn't say, like, did you watch the episode? Any of that kind of stuff. He literally just messaged me. He said, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> just, <laughs> I knew exactly what he's talking about. Um, I, bring, I bring that up, not just because it was hilarious, but I bring it up because he had kind of that same argument. A lot of, a lot of people are having this argument of, like, is is the inclusion of Mando and basically what we kind of envisioned a season three of Mando as being or hoped to be like, why are we seeing it now? Why are we seeing it in, in Boba's kind of tail spinoff? And I think we, you know, we we've had this conversation a few times now, um, you know, whether it's on uh, texting or Facebook or on this podcast, it's like, I don't mind it it's not that I didn't like the Boba Fett story or thought it was bad or whatever, uh, or wasn't interesting. I I've said a bunch of times on this podcast that I'm really liking what they're doing with the show and that character and what they did with the Tuscan Raiders and all that kind of stuff. But it is interesting that this is the way they decided to tell it. Um, and as our uh, TV guru, Alex, I'd love to, to hear of like, what are your thoughts? And as someone who kind of didn't like how it at least, at least, started going off like how are your feelings towards it now now that we kind of see what the show is i'm kind of of two minds in the sense that 
it's terrible from like a television perspective in terms of this is just not how you build a TV show, right? Like if you wanted to bring in the Mandalorian and you wanted to bring in all these other characters, there's ways to do it in a way that could complement the story that you were already telling instead of just stopping dead in its tracks for two episodes to just tell a completely different story. Um, unless, of course, you were setting this up as an anthology series, which would have been fine, but that was clearly not what they were indicating early on into the process. So just from a structural perspective, from a quantifying, like, did they know what they were doing? Like, did they have a clear idea of where they were headed? And did they think it through? And did they try to make sure that all of the themes and all of the characters all worked together? I think it's awful. But as someone who thought that the first four episodes were really kind of tough to get through, I've really enjoyed the last two episodes. And it honestly has made me like The Mandalorian even more than I previously did by seeing that contrast between a Boba Fett show that wasn't working and then whatever this is, which is working really well. So I'm not upset that it's happening, but I feel like it's basically them punting on their whole idea for what they wanted to do in the first place. And I would have, if they were going to bring these people in, why not integrate it better? Like I was thinking about the Hawkeye series, right? Because people were saying like, oh, this is just Star Wars trying to do what the MCU does. And in the Hawkeye series, you have a couple of episodes towards the end of Hawkeye where a major character from Black Widow comes onto the show. And it's a character that was not introduced into the show at the beginning, right? You'd have to have watched another Marvel property to know really what's going on. But the way that they handle it is they give you a quick flashback sequence that lasts like five minutes that kind of gives you everything you need to know about that character if you happened to not see the movie while still progressing her story enough to get her to where she needs to be in the show. And then they let her be a supporting character to the characters that have already been established and let her arc complement the arc of the story that we're already seeing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's an example of a studio saying, we want this character in our show. How can we integrate it and tell that story in a clean way that really amplifies and complements what we're trying to do. Whereas here, they're just like, well, we told a story for four episodes and then, well, we want the Mandalorian in and people are probably going to wonder what the Mandalorian has been up to. So we'll just like give him a couple episodes to, and people will be happy because it's the Mandalorian. Everybody likes the Mandalorian. It's like, why couldn't you have found a way to integrate that better from the beginning or just don't do it at all if you really can't find a way to do it and have him come in at the end and and have it be a tease for the next season. So that's my complaint from like a TV story perspective. But in terms of an in-episode review, I really enjoyed this episode. It was very entertaining It full of fan service, of course. But like, I think within the context of one episode, pretty well integrated fan service that felt like it was telling a, a story that really serviced the Mandalorian characters that we know and care about, even though it really has nothing to do with Boba Fett. It's funny too. Cause like, I love how you explain that too. Cause that's a great example is, and we've reviewed Hawkeye in this show and we had no complaints of way they introduced characters. I think the only complaint you can possibly make is almost like the shoehorning in of Kingpin where it kind of felt, you know, yeah. they, they earned it, but did they like, it was really, but it even, felt a little even there, they didn't, do what this show did, which is like, well, we're going to give you a full episode from the Kingpin's perspective where we're going to catch you up on what he's been up to. And it'll feel like the old Daredevil show. Honestly, (laughs) it really would. But that's just, it's just (laughs) not how you tell a a narrative story, you know? Yeah. And I think we're going to give Bill Burr a redemption arc right before you're going to go on a goddamn (laughs) adventure to save you. That's right. Well, Bill will never let that that's go. Why. I'm never going to let that that's go, and I'm never going to not say that the beekeeper was the do- wasn't the dog. 
I'm going to keep to that for Mondavision. Keep it to it. That's why that this. I that's why this. I'm going to go kiss my daughter goodnight. So, all right. That's why this doesn't bother me because of Bill, one of Bill's examples. And like, I feel like this is going to be a very odd kind of grasp, but they're kind of have new girl syndrome where they wish that they can change the title. Like after a while, like she was, she stopped being new girl after like the first episode. I think the Mandalorian is like not the best title for what they're building here. Cause it feels like just star Wars, the series, right? It's the clone wars. It's, it's Filoni being saying like, I have the ability to do whatever the fuck I want um, forever and have an unlimited budget. I'm going to interconnect all of these things. Right. So it's like having the Mandalorian Mandalorian, having the book of Boba Fett, having Ahsoka, cool but i think what he really wants is just like i want a big star wars show i want all of these to fit under one umbrella and that's why i think and as i said in past episodes it's like viewers will not give a shit that they're gonna get two episodes of glorious star wars action baked into this show because no one is coming into this show having not seen the mandalorian season one and season two no one's going to just say, oh, let me go check out that Boba Fett show. Don't need to watch those first two things, right? It all It's all interconnected. This could literally be Mandalorian season three, or it could be this just larger cinematic Star Wars universe that they're building. The same thing can happen in Ahsoka where we just see Boba Fett for a full episode. Like, It's just weird of the way they're doing it, but at the same time, it, they're making it make sense. It is kind of like, and as someone who's not seen the Clone Wars, kind of feels like how the narratively the Clone Wars is all out of order. It's all kind of just like, you know, blocks of stories or cutting to other things and introducing new characters and all that stuff. It's very Filoni-esque, I guess. Um, but that's why we have yeah, this podcast one, to talk about it. The one thing that I would say to that, though, is that if they were going to do that, right, if it was going to be more of like an anthology series, then they should have found a way to make the Boba Fett arc a lot more clean and condensed because they structured it the way you would a full season of TV where they're yeah. slowly teasing things out and you're going four episodes deep and you still feel like you're just getting started in the main plot. And then it just stops, right? So if you kind of condense the first four episodes into a two-episode arc, and then you did a two-episode arc about The Mandalorian, and you did a two-episode arc about Ahsoka, and then they all come together in the finale, I think that's yeah. great. That would be awesome, and everyone would be excited about it. But that's not really what they did. No. They did something that has basically never been done. Like, even the Clone Wars don't really do that, right? The Clone Wars... I've seen the first season and a half of the Clone Wars, and the way they would do it is they basically tell an arc over the course of two to maybe three episodes at most. And then they move on to something else. And then, and it bounces around and you're following different characters, at different points, but you're really feeling like you're getting a whole story in each of those individual installments. And you didn't feel like you got a whole story of anything in the first four episodes of Boba Fett before they just stopped. Yeah. But you did. I mean, you, you don't, but you did like, like what is, what is the book about Boba Fett? Like in theory, right. Pre these two episodes, I know we're getting on these tangents really but really quick, the first four episodes are what happened? How did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? Right? Like what has happened in that time? Because it's questions been, we really needed the answer to. Questions people someone <laughs> wanted. And they're like, I guess we gotta address this, right? It's what is be what has he been doing during this time? The the one the the boba that we find in season two of the Mandalorian, how did he get that way? Like how do, how do we get to here? And then current conflict right so they were trying to juggle both an origin and a current story the first four episodes 
the origin concludes, right? They're they're now like we're in the present. Let's go. Now I have to build an army. Oh, let me go get my best soldier and let me. I, it's so weird that it took two episodes to do it, but at the same time, they're like, man, people are probably missing Mando. <laughs> like, let's just give them some more Mando. I mean, I, it really, Alex, you're one thousand percent right. It makes zero sense. It's never been done before, <laughs> but I'm still so happy it's happening. <laughs> Well, um, and I was excited to see more of the Mandalorian also, uh, you know, getting to see the Mandalorian season three early is something that everybody is excited about. So, yeah. Now, Josh, because um, we haven't heard from you yet and I want to get to you. Um, what have your thoughts been like, cause since we're on the subject anyway, of like how the structure of this show is going, are you in the same camp as Alex or are you with more about me and Amanda? Just like, please give us more of this. I guess I'd be somewhere in the middle. Like I, I had always the mixed, diplomat. I love. Yeah, I, 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 I always have to take the middle road. Um, no, I, I love like the amount of fan service is gratuitous, and I'm okay with that. It is, it yeah. is catnip for fans, and I'm here for it. At the same time, it seems like they don't really care about Boba Fett, which is fair because I don't really care about him either. Um, <laughs> But no, it, and it seems like such an easy fix because if they wanted to have this um, this larger focus of just the Star Wars universe and tying things with Luke and Ahsoka uh, and Mando as well as Boba, then just don't name it the Book of Boba Fett. Name it anything else, and then we're not coming in with false expectations. But to like give us this title and then say yeah, and then halfway through we're just gonna like ignore him. Like one episode he won't be in at all. Next. He's there. He just doesn't say anything. Um, and uh, honestly, even when he is in it, I find him to be the least interesting character. I find Fennec to be so much more interesting than he is. Yes. Yeah. More Fennec. Yeah, it's like, yes. can that's we just... Amanda, that's been a man. Yeah, story. that's oh. my thing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's obviously the smarter of the two and also the better fighter of the two. So why isn't she in charge? Um, but yeah, I was, I was happy to this to turn into the Mandalorian season 2.5, but it just doesn't it, like Alex said, it's best. Like it's, it's not like cohesive. And I think mm-hmm. if they really wanted to do this kind of um, back and forth storytelling, they really just should have baked it in from the beginning, just had Boba be the a plot and then had Mando be the B plot. I think that would have been simple enough. And then maybe I, have a standalone episode. Well, that's the thing though, is like, if you really think about that, and the ways you just said it, you said Boba's not that interesting. He's the least interesting part of the first four episodes of the show, all that kind of stuff. Imagine that you're watching a series where you hate half the episode <laughs> because it, it's focusing on the thing that's least like least or less interesting, right? I think this works in a way. It's satisfying people who are like, I want a Boba Fett show or something, right? I want I want it, but do I really want it? <laughs> And they're like, sorry. you guys really no, don't want it. Like, you really don't. And we're going to tell you why. Because he's not that interesting. Because you already care about another bounty hunter. Why more. even make the show? Why even make a Boba Fett show? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, a, have, you yeah. have other bounty hunters that you care about. They did it yeah. in the Clone Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. you had, you know, young Boba. You had Cad Bane. You had oh, even somebody, oh, like, oh. who wasn't, even, who wasn't even on the show for a long period of time, but Aura Singh. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had even Asajj Ventress when she was a, a bounty hunter for a bit. So you still had multiple bounty hunters you could care about. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just interesting why they didn't do it with Boba Fett. 
Yeah, I think it's like oh, they have. How can I just jump in real quick? Yeah, sure. So here's what I would have loved if they just made a show called Star Wars, and I know it was like, Bill, you're an idiot. Why are you saying? No, that? I said this already. Yeah, it, oh, sorry. I was. I, I was. I was <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but but finish I'm, your point. Finish your point. No, it's just like well, we and it, we would just have this large fifty-two week series where it's just like. Yeah. Okay, here we are. We're just, 52 we're, weeks. Yes. <laughs> Listen. Yes. I want what I want. Okay? I mean, they can give it a generic. I mean, the Clone Wars is a generic yeah. title. It's kind I mean, of specific. Okay, it's kind of open-ended. Bill, Bill I compared it to New Girl. I said that they probably regretted the title after the first episode. She, when was, they ador- named she, it, was, she was adorable. Remember that? When they when, named the Mandalorian, uh, they probably were like, shit. Yeah, it's just like uh, maybe not 52 weeks, but a lot of weeks where it's just like we're bouncing around the universe, seeing what's happening this post, you know, you know, rebellion empire, you know, post return of the Jedi world Mm -hmm. where we're having episodes of with Cobb Vanth. And then we're finding out what the Mandalore, what Mando is doing. And then we have this gangster epic with Boba Fett. Not like what you were saying, Alex, with an anthology, but just like this kind of like, here's what's happening. And you could just take weeks off and it's like, okay. We told the Boba Fett story. We're going to come back to it in about a month. We're going to tell this other story. And eventually they all tie together. That I think that's more interesting. And if that's, that's literally just the Clone Wars, that's what they yeah, did. So, with the Clone yeah, Wars. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't watch <laughs> the Clone Wars. That's exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying. It's like, Clone Wars like, and it's Rebels. And I yeah. had to work. I didn't Fel- watch it. <laughs> like, Fel- Filoni I mean, is just adapting the Clone Wars. <laughs> He's doing it in well, that way. In, in, but it's but like in this, the books. It's like yeah. the books, so you have different eras, and you could just like the new era right now is high, the High Republic. You know, you could yep. just pawn yeah. off from the books and say, "Well, okay, here's this defined period where Mando and everything takes place," and just borrow that title and plug it in a TV show, and there you go. <laughs> you could have like courtroom drama. It's the Law and Order of Star Wars. And you get Sam Waterston in space. It would be great. Well, we true. are getting and that I, with Marvel I, I, for I, She-Hulk in a little while. So. We're Very also true. getting Sam Waters' Law and Order rebooted at the end of February. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. I think I think because of the amount of people we have here and the a lot of opinions about I'll, the show, I'll we are going to try to get a little more segmentized. I'll Let's try. go. I, he tr- he hates. He wants to be segmentized, but every time he hosts, he's like, "I hate these segments. Throw them out the window." Correct. <laughs> Let's all hang in the back to tank. We're going to talk about the best parts. Our favorite part of this episode, very tough. You could do a top three if you want, because right. Jesus Christ, you it. can. Um, I will start with Josh. Josh, because I haven't given you any opportunities to speak. Um, doesn't have to be in order. You don't have to rank them and all that kind of stuff, but just favorite parts of the, the episode for you. Go, oh, man. Uh, th- this is maybe not just like a part, but like an overall thing. I'm so glad that they hired whoever did like the deep fake YouTube for yes! Luke Skywalker. It yes! looks so much better. So much yes! better. <laughs> and I thought it looked like I didn't think it looked terrible, like in the the season yeah. two finale. Like it it wasn't as good as what I expect from like Marvel movies. Like mm-hmm. it was it was lacking, but this was definitely better. The voice work, yeah, a little shaky. It's, uh, it's still Mark Hamill. This they brought in Mark Hamill for it. Mark so Hamill still voiced it. Yeah, and they just ran it through a computer yeah. AI filter to try they to did what they did his voice. Yeah. They did yeah. about as much production work as we do. <laughs> yeah, the okay. Okay. the voice aging I didn't I didn't love. I didn't love the voice aging. I did like the 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 de aging of his face. I thought that went well. Um, but for me, the the highlight of the episode was Mando's conversation with Ahsoka. And as much as I 
love Ahsoka being like furious with her in that moment of like, why are you keeping him from his son? He's got visitation <laughs> rights. Dang it. I see his son. Um, but it was, it was heartbreaking, but it was oh. also like, uh, it, it was everything you wanted to see from Mando's growth as a character. Just thinking of, he went on this whole journey just to reunite Grogu with his people and how he's like, wait, that's not what I wanted. And and that's kind of Mando's continued story of, oh, I need to be a bounty hunter. I need to do this. Wait, that's not really what I want. I want to have some bigger purpose. And how it's, yeah. wait, did I really want to have this found family? Especially now that I've lost my other found family. Um, so yeah, just heartbreaking stuff. And um, I know I, it's amazing how someone who wears a mask 95% of the time can convey so much emotion. <laughs> Yeah. Uh especially yeah. a smile, right? The smile gets them everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it does. That smile. <laughs> that line the room. was so good. I was like, yeah. oh, whoever wrote that, I want to punch you in the face. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, Amanda. The uh, best part of the episode or Cad fucking Bane. Cad fucking Bane. <laughs> just popped. I choked in my popcorn. All of it. Yep. That was so well handled. I love Cad Bane in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I love that they even brought back, I think, was it Corey? Yes. Corey Burton, uh, um, Burton uh, who did the voice work for Cad Bane. I was like, thank you guys for bringing in the actual voice actor because that just makes me happy because his voice is iconic. Just every time Cad Bane shows up on the screen, he just charisma, just like, he has no, he gives no fucks if you're a Jedi or like, you know, he don't care. He does not care. He I Marshall, doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. And just that whole thing of him walking through the desert was just, and you just knew that menacing walk. And I have to say, even the makeup was well done. Insane. Insanely done. Yeah. Just like all the detail, the eyes, the, 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 the look, Jeez. everything was perfect. Stole the show i died i was in my chair like oh my god you know yeah it i should have probably recorded a reaction video it would have been great um because <laughs> i i've been asking for this since the beginning since we started this podcast yeah. that's all i asked for was cad bane and thank you if feloni and favreau are spying on me thank you for doing it please <laughs> spy on it <laughs> listen to our podcast please listen to us please. Please, hey feloni you want to come on let's just let's yeah talk. come on um, so loved, loved, loved that. And I love that, um, Dave Filoni is getting a chance to explore because you know that Cad Bane is going to face off with Boba. And I don't know if you guys knew this or Alex, and if, cause you watched, I know you watched a little bit of the Clone Wars. Um, Josh has watched so there was, the most, I think. Okay, Josh. So do you yeah. know about the, the canceled season, season seven yeah, arc? Yeah. So that whole thing. So they're getting a chance to visit that for those who don't know. It's, it's, um, basically the storyline got scrapped, but, Cad Bane at some point was supposed to mentor a young Boba Fett because Cad was alleged, I guess, allegedly trained by Jango Fett. So um, they don't really show that in the Clone Wars. I mean, you do see Boba Fett, a young Boba Fett run with Aura Singh and a lot of the contemporaries at that time. They just never directly long-term cross paths. But at some point, Boba Fett and Cad Bane fight over Jango's armor and that iconic cut in Boba's helmet comes from Cad Bane's blast blaster. Hmm. 
Um, there's also a if you this finale is going to have to be two and a half yeah. hours at yeah. least. This is, is going to be. And I'm here. So, for, I'm here. For so it's it. like the the iconic cut is there. Um, but then also Cad Bane, if you for Bad Batch when he takes off his hat, he's got a metal plate. Yes. And he took the worst part of the damage from that fight with Boba Fett. So that came from fighting with Boba Fett. Storyboards are out there. Um, so Google them, check them out. I think there's some actual like film footage too, maybe like just kind of like cartoon, like anim- brief animated footage. But um, so people thought, okay, maybe he died in that feud. So it wasn't until Cad Bane shows up in the Bad Batch. that they're like, oh, he's alive. This is awesome. So I, I love that Filoni is going to get a chance to explore that rematch. It's like a wrestle. I'm going to go wrestling fan here. WrestleMania worthy event here. <laughs> so I'm here for this. Um, I also love Josh's point about um, Ahsoka and and Mando. That conversation, especially as a parent, was really, really touching. And I also feel like it was smart to bring in Ahsoka because if it had been Luke having that conversation, um, and again, going back to my wrestling terms here, Luke was going to heel turn if it was going to be Luke. Because <laughs> I got mad at Ahsoka as well. And I love Ahsoka. She's my favorite Star Wars character. And it takes Grogu and Mando to make me get mad at her for two seconds. I never get mad at her. She is like, she can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, until this until this episode, I was like, Ahsoka, why? But you understand her. But I feel like she protected Luke's character. Because if it happened Luke, it could have gone yeah. way downhill. So I thought that was really smart um, usage of her. And um, I just even loved having Ahsoka and Luke. I wish we could have seen them like, how they even encountered in the first place. And maybe they will explore that in Ahsoka. Um, But just even seeing the two of them on screen together, you never thought that was going to happen. Never. Because it's like, well, how would they have crossed paths? That's right. And she mentions, she mentions, she mentions uh, uh, Anakin too. And I was just like, wow. And there's there's something. Worlds are colliding, Jerry. Yes. One of the animated series, don't they like Anakin and Ahsoka are, in a scene together. And the Clone Wars, they're the whole, the, she was his Padawan. Ahsoka yeah. was Anakin's Padawan. So they have a very close relationship. And in fact, very close. one of the best few or best fight scenes, I think of, of any, uh, in any of the Star Wars animated shows, in my opinion, is Darth Vader and Ahsoka fighting in Rebels. Um, Cause he's already in Darth Vader. It's in, in Darth Vader mode. She's trying to protect Kanan and, and Ezra and getting them out of the, the Sith temple. Um, but just having that because their relationship is so emotionally charged. They're very, very close in the Clone Wars, very, very close. And so, I um, mean, even in Rebels, you, know, you just see that haunting, you know, realization that she realizes that he's Vader now and they're on opposite sides. Um, so just having that Anakin reference is really, really cool. So you just Very wonder, so. like, how was that meeting? What do you what does she tell him about his dad? Like, how do you, you know, just just. I, I hope we get that later. I really, really do. But just seeing those two together in that moment was so cool. And then it made me wonder too, with Grogu's flashback, if they purposely cut it off before, because it would have been cool to see Anakin in the background kind of walking, but then. Oh man. That would have been dead. That would have been, I was wondering if that was going to happen, but then I'm like, well, I wonder if Luke saw it. <laughs> that was probably the best place. Luke's like, it's awkward. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna tell you it's my dad. It's my dad. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, those are my. It was really hard to pick. Well, Cad Bane was my ultimate favorite moment. But just looking at some of the other parts, Ahsoka's appearance also was, and it was really well hidden. I had no clue she was going to show up. 
So I, I, I don't think anyone knew about anything. I don't no. know how. So no, I, I forget who said, I don't know where I saw, I saw it. Your I tweet. It, was on, yeah. it was on Twitter. I don't know if it was on Twitter, but someone said yeah. like, how, how do, how do they keep this secret? And there's a Marvel leak every week. Like yeah. it's insane. And the, the obvious answer, and I think it was at me and you, Alex, that were talking yeah. right on Twitter. Yeah, we were we're basically saying it. like, it's a closed set. Like they literally yeah, do all yeah. of this in one spot in house in that fucking dome that they created. That is just <laughs> like a magnificent. And I want to yeah. say too, when they interviewed, when Ewan McGregor got interviewed for Kenobi, he had to walk outside wearing trash bags Yes, and just <laughs> the whole, like they cover them all up, you yep. know, just to, you know, even if you took a break, you know, just so that way nobody can see his attire and none of that, as far as I know, has leaked. I keep looking, but none of that has leaked. (laughs) (laughs) Bananas. Um, Bill, what what was your, uh, what was your BAFTA tank moment? What was your favorite? uh, I got three of them at least. I mean, first off, sweet baby boy coming back. I mean, a sweet baby boy Grogu is back. And it's like, again, like Alex, I agree with you. Uh, Your whole thing of like, how is, this is not how you build a show, you know? But at the same time, I, like it goes against everything I should believe as a critic and as someone who, as I'm not as dumb as I sound, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I've studied <laughs> stuff like this, like, but at the same time, it's like, I don't give a shit. It's just, he's just this sweet little baby boy. And it's just so wonderful to see it back on the screen. And they give stakes, especially that, fina- that cliffhanger at the end of, Hey kid, which way are you going to go? And I'm just like, don't do this to him. He's a baby. Like, and it's just, like as, a parent, and as, a ba- as a parent, I'm like, you don't give a kid this ultimatum, you dick. He's 50, he's a 50 years old. 50 baby. years old. Right, that's like five. And Look at him. That's, that's like five in like Yoda years. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's just like Luke. I've loved, I've been a Luke Skywalker fan since I can. Return of the Jedi, I think, was the first movie I can remember as a child. And you know, yes, I am old. That's the joke. But it's like, it's like, I'm like, why would you do this to my sweet baby boy? But it's just like, but also it's just like the whole jumping thing, and he barely can get off the ground. As a parent, you're like, I remember when my kid couldn't okay. jump. It was hilarious. I'm sure Parker can jump 10 feet high because that kid's got energy. Um oh yes, he does. <laughs> um <laughs> Good thing your dog has energy too. Um, but um, it was just so great seeing him, and it didn't feel cheap. It never felt like eh, here you go. It felt natural that we were seeing him again. And it and like, can I admit that after while drinking the blessed sacrament, that I had a few tears in my eyes when he saw the Naboo fighter fly away, and he knew that it was his dad. Yes, I did because of a big sap. And like, so there was a couple of tears there, but I love seeing baby Yoda again. My Sophie Bodkin, she's so excited tomorrow to watch baby Yoda jumping and, and frogs. She asked about it already. So it was great to Cad Bane. Like I watched the bad batch and his entrance, even if you don't know who Cad Bane is watching him come through the sands, like this, this sandstorm. And here he is, this figure walking through. It is absolutely an iconic shot it's wonderful it's just like and then when you get the close-up of his face and his sawed off his his jagged teeth and just everything about him was intense and villainous and you're like yes and amanda what you were saying he's gonna be the villain of mando season three he has to be yeah i don't think we're gonna get this big face no no i I think boba fett 
if, if, if they continue this, which they, I don't know if they will or not, but I think it's, I think what Amanda just said, that's, that's your, that's your Boba Fett villain. Like, I like that your season two villain. I think bounty hunter versus X bounty hunter. And well, bounty hunter and a half, because he also went up against Fennec in bad batch hmm. and barely made it. They both barely made it out. They were an even nice, even match for each other too. Yep. They definitely were. And, and so that I loved seeing him. That was such a great moment. You get this moment and, and a little bit of a, you know, homage to the gangster genre or oeuvre. Jennifer Beals gets blown up and shoots all her theories down about how she's, she's in, you know, with Crimson Dawn. But it it is such a great classic gangster cliche of the bombing of somebody at some club or some bar or restaurant or public place. It was just a class that that was Favreau. That is a hundred percent Favreau. Okay, that was jarring out. Um, it's just like it, Al just went to like a picture of himself. It's so weird, but it's that's such a classic gangster thing. And that is definitely as much as we see Filoni's fingerprints all over this episode. That was Favreau, and I like that it just like literally it, it just it's such a shocking moment. And you're like, okay, well, I guess she's not part of Crimson Dawn, or maybe she is, and she inspires someone. I, please, Amelia Clark. I know Alex, you already shot the theory down to me in, in the chat we had, but like, I'm like, let's let's like Crimson Dawn now has to come in because to avenge the spirits of Flashdance, let's do this. But um, I love it. This episode was fantastic. Let's do all. Th- oh, that was that's my top three. Friend of mine, friend of mine tweeted something like, "Please just tell me Max Rebo is okay." <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking the same thing actually. I was like, "Max," but they didn't, great show after they didn't show him. After they didn't show him. He might have had the night off. He might have oh, had the night off. That would be great. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet where it was like a pic, like a screenshot of like the rubble of the of the explosion, and it was like a Facebook like Max Rebo checked in that he's safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's good. That's um, gonna be the, I'm gonna laugh at this throughout the episode, like we did on a TV break about the mountain. <laughs> Alex, what was your favorite part? Well, I, I'm glad that no one took mine because it's definitely that moment in the war room scene where Boba Fett just gives a stern, knowing look. <laughs> easily, the, it just reminds you why he's the lead of the show. It is. Um, it totally was. Aquaman, no, thank God. The actual answer is <laughs> definitely like the face-off between Timothy Oliphant and uh, and Corey Burton's character, uh, Cobb Vanth and C- Cad Bane. Like, are you guys just trying to create like tongue twisters for the podcasters that are covering? I'm really impressed with you guys that you could just so fluently move back and forth between those two names because they are just way too close for me to say. <laughs> but I definitely no, really. <laughs> I loved that showdown. I was so happy to see uh, Timothy Oliphant back, mostly for Al, like you guys have said. Um, But he's just so good and he's so easy in that role. Like it's, I mean, after all those seasons of Justified and Deadwood, he's so at home in that setting. But he just brings so much gravity. And like the whole time, like you have this tension of his jerk deputy who you knew was going to mess everything up for him. And it's just, it's timed out so perfectly. And it lets you be able to say like, well, maybe... Cobb Vanth would have won if not for the deputy, which is fun. And I don't think that he's dead. I think that it 
they it looked like it was pretty high. It looked like they kind of just winged him. So I think that yeah. So I think that we're gonna get a, a rematch of that, and I'm and I'm looking yes, forward to I'm that. Oh god, you said rematch. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> And also, I noticed in this, this isn't really a moment from the show, but just a thing that I didn't realize when I have the IMDb up, the like sketchy um, mayor's assistant that's been like running around in the background. He's played by the actor David Pasquese, who is on Veep as uh, Selena Meyer's ex-husband. And he is so excellent on that show. And I just didn't realize that that's the same actor. But now that I see it, I'm just like, of course, because he has that kind of like slimy sort of energy perfect so that's like excellent casting um i think they always my have favorite- excellent casting yeah well because I mean, you get a phone call like do you want to be on a star wars show and everybody says yes you right want to be on a star wars show uh written that's and partly is. directed by john favreau like he's the yes. one making the phone call he's like hey for sure <laughs> hi it's dave Filoni <laughs> here for this guy and they're like who are you it's John Favreau probably making the calls. I you got Jason De- Sudeikis like voicing a stormtrooper, you know, who couldn't fire straight. You know, come on. Yeah, yeah. well, it's like how like, Daniel Halley. Craig was a, was a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens. Never took his helmet off. But yeah, so I, I enjoyed that a lot. I obviously enjoyed all the Grogu stuff. The moment where he sees him fly away is really sad. But also the montage, which you guys really haven't spoken about that much yet. That was great. The training montage. So oh, yeah. we've seen yeah. a number of training Star Wars montages at this point. And they did a great balance of like showing us familiar things, but through the lens of Grogu in a way that really uh, was just a lot of fun. And like you see him trying to like balance on the beam and then he finally gets it and you're like, yeah, you did it. You know, so it was like very fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, And then the other thing was I did want to briefly stand up for Ahsoka because you guys are saying that Ahsoka was being mean by keeping Mando from Grogu. And to be fair, Ahsoka never said that he couldn't see her. I just couldn't see him. He just she just laid it out as a choice and wanted him to make a responsible choice. And the only reason why Mandalorian was talking to Ahsoka at all was R2-D2's fault. And I think it just brings home again that he is the true villain of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he turned off. That was a great moment. Oh, just, I love that. Yeah, that was classic R2. Just turns off. Classic R2. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, remember, it's, remember the new, the, the most recent trilogy? He was just like underneath his sheet for most of the movies. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> for the first yeah. movie, he was. Yeah, I know like, exactly should, where should Luke is. I'm just not going to tell anybody for no reason. Let a bunch Pretty of people much. die. It's classic R2. He's weird he's, island in Ireland. He's fine. Don't worry about it. R2 didn't have, he knew who Darth Vader was the whole time in the in the original trilogy and never told anybody. Yeah, see, wipe the droids. So I get that. Didn't they wipe the droids after the third movie? No, they said that they were going to, but then they didn't. They wiped three PO. That's right. Three PO. Yeah. He wouldn't have helped anyway. No, he would have. He would have spilled immediately. You're kidding. He has no resolve. (laughs) That's true. Um, I'll go quick with my with my favorite pick. Oh, Alex. Or my favorite part in an episode where we got R two D two, Grogu. Luke motherfucking Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Cad Bane, and I think Boba Fett was in it. Um, we had an episode where all of those things happened, and I couldn't give a shit because Cobb Vanth, Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, Alex had a great point. Like Timothy Oliphant was built for the Star Wars universe that they've set up here. Like he's the ultimate, like modern western dude right like he's infinitely cool and can 
like share a scene with a Cad Bane or a guy in full Mandalorian gear and still be the thing that you can't look away from. Like he's just so good in that role. I would have at this point in time, much preferred a Cobb Vanth spinoff than a Boba Fett one because he's just cool as shit. And it's a, a new character that they created the Marshall that is going to stand the test of time. Like he is making this character his own. And now he is really deep within the universe. He's going to be interacting with Boba Fett, Cad Bane, he just interacted with. And of course, Mando. So like, this is such a cool, like bonus from everything else that we're getting is this really just new fun character. Um, can I, yeah, shout I out, can I shout out Ben? Uh, Merchison, who we've already, who's written a lot of reviews for us. Uh, yeah. His favorite part is um, the Gamorian uh, yeah. really threatening yes. Domo. <laughs> like, he's just yes. like, justice for those guys. Because Ben is yeah. like, Ben was like a huge, uh, I don't know if Alex and Josh knows, Ben was like a huge fan of those guys. And it was just like, they're so great that they're back. And he's like, they got, anytime they do anything, he's like, yeah, the best part of the episode. So, Ben, I love you. You're a Washington Commanders fan, and listen, that's a problem. But that's an issue. I forgive you. That's wait, yeah. what team is like? What sport is that? I've never. That's heard of oh, that's that's the new. Oh, uh, that's the new name. Team. The Washington Commanders. Yeah. We're going Commando, guys. That's my new chant for them now. We're going Commando. That's a didn't, didn't they have two years to come up with a name, and that's yeah, what yeah. they settled on? Hey, Someone yeah, said no, 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 that. That's what happened. I've read somewhere someone said something along the lines of like, that's a team name that you would see in a movie when they didn't get the rights for the actual team names. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. That's like the replacement. Like any given Sunday. Or the replacements or any sports movie (laughs) that's not based off a real sport. Yeah. Yeah, So let's go um, complete opposite end of the spectrum. Let's throw it in the Sarlacc pit. What was the worst part of the episode? Now, preface, you cannot say anything that involves the words this is supposed to be a boba fett show there's not enough boba fett anything boba fett related talk about the episode specifically in the sense of like what didn't you like about the episode outside of that because we've already kind of uh covered that and and beaten it to death um like boba's storyline so i will start with alex alex as our tv guru what what if anything did you not like about the episode Okay, so I have two small points that I that I had an issue with. One, Freetown. That's what we decided to rename our, yeah. ourselves. It's like that's Barter the Town in Mad Max. <laughs> well, Barter Town that, is better than Freetown, honestly, is a name. That actually comes from the from the books. There's a trilogy really? that's out. It's called Aftermath. And in fact, they're kind of in hot water, actually. Did you hear about this, Josh? That um, Favreau and, and Filoni. So the author of the trilogy, his name is um, Chuck Wendig came out and said, my name's not in the credits for for Cobb Banth. So it's... So Cobb Banth is a pre-existing character? He He came from the books. Yes. All right, well, I take everything back. In 2015, the the first book came out, Star Wars Aftermath. Then there's 2016 Aftermath Life Depth and Star Wars Aftermath Empires in 2017. Cobb Banth is a character in kind of, I think, like the interlude chapters. I have not read these myself. They're now on my list to read. Um... But he's a character in the the actual interludes of each book, um, and it, it, the town is called Freetown. There too. All right, well, so then, fair enough. They inherited it, so yeah. then there's nothing we could do. <laughs> but my other one would <laughs> it's be not the best name. Let's, for yeah. 
I have a little bit of an issue with how they treat uh, Garza Flip in this episode. I think they really did her character dirty. They presented her this whole time as this like all knowing, like mover and shaker in the background. She knows everything that's happening on Tatooine. She's on the inside of everything that's going on. And then she just gets blown up out of nowhere, totally blindsided. I don't buy it. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like if I hope that there's a reveal coming where it like turns out she knew and she's wearing some super cool armor or whatever so she didn't blow up. But if she really just got taken out like that, that's just a total waste of an interesting character and like undermining everything that's interesting about her right as she dies, which is a really low thing to do. Because she's actually Amelia Clark's character. Maybe the worst theory you've ever had. So Favreau Filoni heard your theory and they blew her up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the worst theory ever. Could there right. be an it's argument? Shit. Could, could, there be an argument made, could there be an argument made that because of how they kind of set it up with Cad making sure that they weren't he wasn't recruited, Cobb Vanth wasn't rec- recruited, and that them blowing up that establishment with her being like in the know and someone who is not afraid to work with Mando and stuff. It's just like them cutting all the loose ends. Like, yeah, that's clearly what they're, that's the point of the scene is to show that like, Oh, she was too cozy with Mando and they are with Boba and like, they're serious. So they're going to kill her. But I feel like that undermines what the character actually was presented as, which is as like this kind of person pulling all of the strings, she knows enough to be in everyone's good graces. Right. Mm -hmm. And like they, that's a really cool, great character. Like think about like little, finger in game of thrones right he eventually goes out but he goes out after pulling a lot of crazy stuff and being in on every single side of the conflict and you set her up to be that person and then you just waste it by like blowing your load too fast sorry to be blue about it (laughs) a little bit (laughs) yeah i i I, I'm, i'm hoping that she i'm hoping she survived and it's more of like a a motivator of her to join Boba yeah. side it's like Max Rebo just grabbed her and they just like oh. went whisked her out <laughs> of the explosion. That would be phenomenal. We get a Max Rebo series with him as the hero would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah it'll be gonna... three episodes of his dramatic origin story, how he first got into music, and then it'll be four <laughs> more episodes of Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine with that. Um, Josh, what didn't you, uh, if anything, is there anything that you uh, would throw it back into the Sarlacc pit? Yes. So for, for, for two reasons, one, the Luke's choice at the end one, I think it's just cruel. I know he's 50 years old, but giving someone who is viewed as a child, the choice between, you know, you can either have this career path or you can see your adoptive father seems kind of cruel. Um, but more than that, my, my bigger problem is that I feel like just that choice and just this this sense that Luke is saying that attachments are bad or an evil, like, yes, that is like an old Jedi um, like teaching, but that seems so out of character for Luke because his whole deal in the original trilogy is the importance of attachments. He, he literally ends his training with Yoda early because he needs to save his friends. He literally throws down his lightsaber when he's fighting Darth Vader because he still thinks he can redeem his father. Lucas Skywalker is all about attachments. It makes no sense whatsoever that he would suddenly have this total turn and be like, you know what? No, we, we shouldn't like people. We shouldn't be attached to people. And it, it, 
And it's so frustrating because the idea of Luke being this next Jedi master to like um, train the next generation is that he's supposed to learn from the mistakes of the past. And obviously that's something we get into the last Jedi. He didn't learn all the mistakes. He, he, he repeated some of them, but I would have hoped that at least he would have had enough sense to learn attachments are a good thing. If you make sure that you nurture them correctly mm-hmm. right now, Luke, and, and there was an excellent article um, on uh, io9 from Gizmodo. And, and they talked about how basically like Luke is giving the, the same situation that created Darth Vader. It's like you either have to choose between the people you love or between, you know, being a Jedi. That's what made Darth Vader. Um, it's, it's like Luke's learned nothing. Like this, I, I'm really hoping this is going to be like a bait and switch. And Luke is really wanting him to like choose both. Um, it's like, yes, that is what you, you need to be like both the Mandalorian and the Jedi, just like the um, the person who crafted the dark saber. You need to be able to be the both worlds. Um, but if that's not the case, this just feels like this is not the same Luke Skywalker we saw in the original trilogy. Yeah. Amanda. I, I have job. thoughts about that, but I feel like I so do. did Amanda. Um, it makes me wonder how much of it is Ahsoka talking through him because mm. um, Ahsoka's whole thing, especially in, in her episode of Mando was, you know, my master was attached. This is what got him to the dark side. Um, his attachments were what got, what turned Anakin. And she keeps echoing that. And I think even in her, her talk with Mando, it's the attachments thing that comes up. So I feel like Luke saying that, and that's why I'm like, I'm so curious to see what their interactions have been before. Um, because I, I feel like maybe that conversation, that missing piece we don't see yet or haven't seen, or maybe hopefully we see it influences or maybe shows, maybe kind of turns Luke from that perspective, because you're right. You, you brought up an excellent point because even like his attachment to his sister mm-hmm. is what yeah. is so key. I mean, those, those attachments, you're right. Luke Skywalker is all about attachments. But those words, when he was saying that, I was like, that sounds like Ahsoka. Mm. That sounds like her. He's echoing her point. Um, so I'm curious to see again if that those conversations or what those initial encounters were before, you know, we get to this point where we're like. But um, so that's kind of why I feel like Ahsoka influenced him uh, in, in, in some ways. But um, my not. And so kind of piggybacking off of yours, my whole thing was Luke was really flat. Yeah. <laughs> As a, as a, as a character, I think probably my least favorite cameo because he was very charismatic at the end of, even though the, the CGI was not great. I mean, the, the, the charisma he had at the end of Mando season two, I mean, your eyes were just like, what? And then here I was like, he's, he's a little flat. He's a little flat, but again, it's hard when you have Ahsoka cad, <laughs> you know, kind of everybody else called Bath, everybody else that's a super powerful, charismatic you know, kind of presence there. And then you have Luke, um, who, again, the disadvantages, it's not Mark Hamill. I think if it was really Mark Hamill, it would have been up on par, but. I still um, think they should have just casted Sebastian Stan. I totally. He never, he said never say never. He said never Sebastian Stan said never. But this would have been the time to do it. This, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe yeah I think they're committed to this at this point. They are now. Yeah. Now that they're like, dude, we hired the YouTube guy. Like we're set. Yeah. Got the guy from YouTube. It's fine. Yeah, we're good. Like, we got him. We we already paid him. We might as well let him. Um, 
Besides, Sebastian Stan is busy making uh, com- cannibal co- comedies for Sundance right now. So, or gotta- Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah. On my uh, on his plate. Trying to think, it's it's kind of tough not saying you know bringing up the Boba Fett cameo. You know this mm-hmm. this this not bringing that up. Um, <laughs> I can always go back to more Fennec, my default. This whole mm-hmm. this whole yeah. time, um, always more Fennec. Uh, I only got a, I only got Fennec. A few episodes ago, and I need more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I really feel like, yeah, Luke is probably my least favorite part because he was very flat. And um, there was another one, and it just slipped my mind. Where did it go? Where did it go? Ah, I was like, my mind was blown with with Josh's. I was like, wow, that's really really good. And I'm like, it's gone. But uh, <laughs> uh, oh yes, my theory getting blown. I was so mad, Alex. You brought that up. Jennifer Beals getting cooked. I was like, no. Literally, I was like, my whole thing. I was like, she's my link to Crimson Dawn. I was like, what am I going to talk about next episode? I have no theories left. Jerks. Like, because um, <laughs> you're right. She. It was an absolute waste. Because she. You're just drawn to her. Like the, even just the way she's shown in her just the shots they take of her you're just like her expressions her looks just like you're like what does she know like you just instinctively want to know more about her and then that happens and like man i really hope or maybe she was like in on it who knows Mm -hmm. like i'm hoping she survives in some way way shape or form yeah the hologram there you go right i don't know Um, they showed her react to it and it was like and i think that was like our the the little thing that they gave it was that she noticed what was happening a second before everyone else did but yeah that's as much as you got for her and then and so so i don't think she was in on it i think she's yeah literally my theory my theory getting blown was my big thing i was like oh come on Come At least it got on. blown in a really large explosion. This Literally. is true. And Max Rebo hopefully survived. Because again, they did not show him like they always do. Uh, <laughs> so shows up for work the next day. Damn it. Had a sold out gig tonight. Um, <laughs> Bill, uh, anything we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah. In terms of the one thing that kind of, um, it's just like a technical thing. I thought the Luke audio was just kind of tin can. I think we mentioned that. We mentioned I that because they that this episode. Um, but earlier, no, 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 no. I'm saying I think we literally mentioned when you were away, when you uh, were when you were yeah. there, in the sense that yeah. they they ran it through like a D, like it's Mark Hamill talking, but like through a de-ager. Yeah, like his voice. Yeah, I got that, and it was just like you know, it just they could have they could have warmed it up, and it would have mm-hmm. been so jarring. So I'm like, oh, that's my big complaint about this episode. Yeah, well, it's, and it's, so I was listening point. to I read Alan Sepinwall's review um, for Rolling Stone of the episode, and he mentioned that the the way that Luke is presenting himself here is very similar to how he presented himself in especially the first half of Return of the Jedi, where he's in the the Jabba's palace and he's kind of like being very cool and very emotionally reserved and stuff like that and having more of a flat affect. And you wonder if he's this is an intentional choice by Hamill to kind of channel that same time period and also by the writers of saying like, look, this is Luke trying to be a Jedi master trying to take on what he thinks he has to, to prove to be a good teacher to, to Grogu, even if it's not fully his own perspective, like if his true personality, and that might also explain why he's maybe compromising on some of the things, the values that are important to him. Cause he feels like he needs to impart a traditional Jedi training onto his, 
disciple because it is different the choices that you feel like you can make for yourself versus what you want to teach the next generation and i think we're all disappointed by the choice he made in that regard but i think you could fit it inside of his character if you kind of squeeze it in that way you know you got to finesse it a little bit to make it work i think really what it is is that they need Grogu to be back with the Mandalorian for season three of the Mandalorian. And obviously this is the way to do it. (laughs) I think you put it in like the most eloquent way possible. That was when, when Josh brought that up, I was like, wait, no, I want to say something. I think you nailed it. Right. What, what I went back to was, okay. Yes. In empire, he leaves his training early to go save his friends. And I guess the universe, whatever, not important, but at the at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, you see that he has completed his training. He's a Jedi Master now, like, and now he's ready to fuck shit up. So he went back. It's not like he was like leaving forever, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I almost think he's saying this to Grogu because he knows in his heart already that he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be with his daddy, and he's giving him That's basically. A he's weird way to say it that way. I know he's giving him his baby daddy. Uh, he's giving him the the. Oh, it's, it's not his not, baby daddy for sure. Not he's giving him very, the choice. Very wrong. I know. Like his he's not. He's giving. Him, listen. He's giving him the opportunity. Why did I let to, you to go? I know. Right. He's giving him the opportunity to to go live his life. Right. It's not that he's making him choose. He is, but at the same, it's like he never got to experience that. He never got to be with his father. Right. And I totally can, I get that. So it's like, I think that's what he's really trying to do is like, I'm giving you a choice here. Like if you stay on this path with me, you can't see him because you're going to be doing this for years and years and years. It's like college. If you go the other way, you can. How long were you in college? Forever. No, <laughs> four years. Um, no, no, but he like does you, say that. Remember, he does have that line where he's just like a little bit of time is a long for you is a long time for a lot of people. That's right. So. Yeah, I just think we get we have that Jedi Master Luke who is like I'm I learned from Yoda like this is what he taught me and all this kind of stuff but there's still like that Luke in his heart the one who had the absentee father who's like you have the choice like I'm I'm presenting these ideas to you. I know this is a hard decision but like if if you see Grogu grab the chainmail and grab the 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 lightsaber that's kind of a Luke move. Like I have to go I got to go make sure I'm cool with my dad and like and he'd be like, oh, man, that sucks. But like, he'd be like, all right, let's go find the next student. So I think it's a very interesting way they presented it and the way they presented Luke. But at the same time, like, I think it makes sense, especially with how Alex kind of more eloquently put it. It fits his character. Um, I don't have any problems with this episode outside of the, the overarching one that we mentioned already. Um, this was just a a cavalcade of me saying, holy shit to the TV screen. And like, that's what I want. That's what I want in the TV show. Right. Within the first 30 seconds. And, and I, and Bill, my favorite thing ever was Bill messaged me on Facebook and he's like, holy crap. And I said, just wait. And he would say something else. I said, just wait. I got to see just wait like eight times during this episode, because that's how many cool things happen. It's, it's crazy. And we said this last week, I'm like, I can't believe we're watching like this. I can't believe this exists. And now 
another episode in and I'm like, there's no way this exists. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. Um, but let's go can, to, well, oh, wait, go. before we move on, can I ask you, were you at least a little bit disappointed that Cobb Van got shot by, uh, by our friends? The no, because I saw how he got shot. I was not okay. disappointed that the oh, dickhead yeah. deputy got shot. I'm like, this uncle Owen looking motherfucker is like, he's dead. <laughs> like I honestly, when he came out, I'm like, I'm like, are you Uncle Owen? Like, I was like, he just looked Did familiar. Marston? Because he's, that, actually, yeah. he's actually uh, Tamara Morrison's stunt double for the series. That's cool. That's oh. nice. Yeah. But he is. Nice addition. Nothing against uh, you, but I just saw like, I'm like, that's going to be a problem. And I feel like if was. it was Raylan Gibbons, though, I feel like he would have gotten off a shot as well, even after he got it in the shoulder. Did he not get off a shot? I thought he did get off a shot. Right. Nope. I think he was too worried about his deputy. And that's just goes back to like how cool that character is and how like he really is like looking after this town, like not just as like the marshal, but like he really, truly cares. Um, I I wasn't upset because I knew he wasn't dead the way he was shot. He was shot in the shoulder unless those are like like Harry Potter spells and it doesn't matter where you get hit. I think. I think he's alive. Well, yeah. The, if it's a Harry Potter so it's a Vada Kedabra, it doesn't yeah. matter if you hit the toe or the fucking head. <laughs> well, you're dead. And, and Cad didn't shoot him multiple times, but he straight up just like bang, bang, bang to the deputy. Just yeah, shot yeah. him multiple no, times. No, that, guy, and, that guy deserved yeah, it. That he guy's deserved a dead it. No, no, no. He annoyed Cad Bane too. Cad Bane did it for everyone. He did, yeah. he did that for all of us. <laughs> but he could have shot, to be fair, he could have finished off Cobb Vamp as well. He totally could have done the same thing and he didn't. So mm-hmm. he spared him, I think. Maybe a mistake. <laughs> Very true. Brings us into our next segment anyway. I am Boba Fett. The best performance of it's clearly not Boba Fett having only been in the been in the episode for about a minute and 45 seconds total. It's that cameo. It's that, it's cameo. that cameo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best performance. I'm gonna go real quick. Um oh, I would no. say Cat, I'm gonna say. I would say Cobb Vanth, but that's a cop out. I will say Cad Bane because in the less than five minutes of screen time, yeah. you're just like blown away, right? And this is a, you know a pre-existing character from the the Star Wars universe, as we've already as as man have already mentioned. But it's a very new character for a lot of people, including myself. Like I have not watched Clone Wars, I've not watched Rebels. Um, he has made an appearance in the the Marvel comics as well. Um, in Dar- I think Darth Vader specifically. Oh no, Darth Maul, the Darth Maul comics. So, and of course, he's probably popped up in other ones as well. I was blown away by the the performance, by the look. Um, it was so cool just to see Cad Bane live action, and again, potentially a a foil for Boba Fett in future stories not just the uh, the rest of this season so uh Cobb Vance slash Cad Bane and just to annoy Alex Cobb Vance Cad <laughs> you say that five times fast oh that'd be a good tongue twister uh I'm not gonna do that now though I don't you have to say it. Cod Cod Cad you can't even do it shot Cad Bane shot Cobb Vance that is yeah. your that is your uh that is your Bubba Fett <laughs> yeah. last episode um, uh, Amanda, what was your favorite uh, performance? Cad Bane. I mean, you know, as somebody who's watched him the whole way through, he was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to root for the bad guy, but I mean, just his presence, even on the animated screen, was just awe-inspiring. So, and I thought 
This is one of those characters that if you translate him wrong in live action, it could go really wrong. Yeah. Really, really wrong. Because he's extremely charismatic um, in, in the animated shows. They nailed it beautifully. I mean, even again to the detail of just the look and even bringing in his voice actor. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because his voice is iconic. Um, a best, one of the best Star Wars entrances of all time for me. It was perfectly done. And just the gravitas, that live action, just that even the hat dipped. Those details were perfect. So Cad Bane's my MVP. Even though my girl Ahsoka, it's hard to take, it's hard to steal the thunder from Ahsoka. I love Rosario Dawson. She's nailing it. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. I'm here. Bill. I mean, it's hard to not say our sweet baby boy, but, you know, obviously, you know, is is a mechanical being. He's he is a, a puppet. Yeah. He's <laughs> more real than all of the, uh, than me, like, at this point. all the of the Rangers. senators. The senators <laughs> and House of Representatives are less real to me Listen. than Grogu. Listen, we tried talking politics one time on this podcast. We went way too far and you shit your pants. So let's not go any further. <laughs> Uh, go it sounds like an episode that. of Boba Fett. Go, there go, we go. Find, <laughs> go find that episode where Pete Cat and Cole just got real mad. Um, <laughs> lots of things, uh, and made Al very nervous. Um, <laughs> but for me, the best performance, um, I'm gonna go with Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian because he just he tied it all together, man. Like every one we've talked about, he's tied it together and he's just been wonderful. and. Um, my favorite line in the whole episode is it's really hard to ask a favor. I'm just like, Oh fuck. Like you just was so good. And then his decision to allow Grogu to not see him. Like there was everything about this. And, he, and like, obviously Luke had a much bigger role in this episode. There's plenty of characters in a bigger role in this episode, but it's just everything that Pedro Pascal did in this episode just tied everything. It was like, Big Lebowski it was like a good rug. It tied everything together. Everything and right. for me, it, it's just he has really like I liked like when we got to episode four, and it was like okay, now we're gonna have this war with gangsters, and you know I was like yes, finally here we are. Uh, but then we went to Mando, and it just say like, turned this series around. And yeah, we've talked about all the you know the you know problems with that, but. He's just been this amazing injection into the series that's turned it around. And he's the straw that stirs the drink for every single person who's going to be involved in this war now. So it's, it's Boba, it's Cobb, it's, it's um, Cobb, uh, no, uh, Cad. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, hey, listen, I get it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> First off, yeah, you haven't had four drinks. So, I mean, like, come on, uh, as I have. But yeah, it's 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 Pedro Pascal for me. He he was fantastic. I loved everything he's done in the last two episodes. Alex, for me, I have to go with Rosario Dawson. Uh, as I said, I've only seen a season and a half of Clone Wars, but even with that, her one line where she says, "You remind me so much of your father," like literally made me tear up. And I'm like, I don't. I'm not invested enough in these characters to have that reaction if not for an excellent actress 
delivering so much pathos and emotion behind those words. And so for me, that alone is great. And I think she has such a fun entrance. She's just like chilling on the on a tree, just like hanging out. Like she has so much she's has such a she's so commanding and yet has such an interesting calm about her. It's such an excellent performance. And it honestly, the last time that she played Ahsoka Uh, on The Mandalorian, I was like, okay, I now have to watch Clone Wars. And I watched a season and a half of it in like two weeks. (laughs) And then I stopped. And now I've watched her as Ahsoka again. And I am ready to watch more of Clone Wars because I just need more of this character. And I need and I want to see how she gets from how she is at the start of the Clone Wars into this really interesting, like grown woman from the like young Padawan at the start. So for a character to come in, have like three minutes of screen time and make me want to watch a hundred episodes of a cartoon. That's, <laughs> that's going to win the day for me. Yeah. And, and we just, uh, it was just announced that Mary Elizabeth Winstead has joined the cast of Ahsoka. So even Very more reasons that. to be excited. And Alex, yes. tie back to our TV break episode where we put over 10 Cloverfield lane for no real reason at all but um, hopefully people take us up on that <laughs> i gotta watch it I've, it's been on my list oh my god you've never also seen watched it. the matrix al um, you know it's funny too i skipped over that one and watched the cloverfield paradox oh no that's terrible <laughs> i know i still watched it the night it came out <laughs> I mean, no i mean everybody again, did. i'll say great marketing yeah it's okay movie it's a bad movie it's, it's not okay. good it's a good actress in a bad movie <laughs> Yes, I agree um, with that. Uh, yeah. Thank you. But uh, but uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a good actress in a good movie, so you know, yeah. John and a good actor. John yes. um, I have to watch it. Josh, uh, Alex's argument for Rosario Dawson was very compelling, and I I am very <laughs> tempted to go with her because I think she does convey so much of what we saw from uh, Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and like her growth. Um, and I know. For for some people, it's it's disappointing that it's not um, the original voice actress returning as Ahsoka. Um, but I think if you were to replace her with anyone, Rosario Dawson is probably the best you could do. Um, but I'm not going to pick her. Instead, I'm going to pick the androids who built that bench for Mando. I mean, that was so kind of them. I love that. Um, Lazy no. Luke Skywalker. He could do yeah. that with his mind in an hour. And he's making these droids just work tirelessly. Ridiculous. Yeah. They need to form a union. I'm, I'm just saying. Absolutely. Uh, don't let. Don't count on R2-D2 to advocate for them, though. No, he'll shut off. Uh, he doesn't like conflict anymore. Um, but no, I, I have to go with Timothy Oliphant. Um, I, I've not watched Justified um, or Deadwood. I only know him from The Mandalorian and from his brief cameo in The Good Place. And from, <laughs> from, from this alone, I was like, if we could bottle his charisma and just yeah. like sell it to everyone in the world, I think just amazing things would happen because he Both just would be a better place. I would have a better job for sure. It would people, no one, there's not like regular people cannot be trusted with that much charisma. I think it would be like a zombie apocalypse. I would, Mm. I can't. Josh, Josh, I highly recommend, highly recommend watching Justified. I think it is, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, Consistent, like consistently good. You can make an argument that the, the final season isn't the best of the bunch, but the final episode, pretty great. 
Um, and the second season, I think, is easily oh, the best season. The and you could honestly, if you don't want to invest all the all the time that it takes to watch a, that many season show, just jump right into the second season and watch that because it is incredible. I'd say watch the first two, the first season, because you get the relationship of, of him and uh, Boyd. You get that and you can kind of see the turn, too, of, of him and Boyd. Okay, I'm going to add that to my list. But yeah, I feel like. That's Josh code for I'm never going to take you up. No, no, I mean, I mean, I, I really do Alex have and I go Josh very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean it this time. Um, no, but Alex, I feel like I'm in the same boat with you and like wanting to see more Ahsoka. I want to see more Timothy Oliphant now. Um, yeah, where's my start a church? You have three books that you could read. I don't, it's not going to be By the, the way, same, I'm, but I you can just imagine it in your head. I might do that because I want to, I want to read more about Cobb Vanth. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's ever. I think I got through everybody on that one, right? The best performance, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna go quickly because we are running pretty long on time. Whatever. But let's talk. Let's. I know I could talk about this episode for like three episodes. The world, the word on the street of Mos Espa. This is our conspiracy theory section of the podcast where we just go through like a quick like. This is the penultimate episode. Like, how do we think the show is gonna end? It fucking beats me at this point because they just threw two episodes of the Mandalorian in. Literally anything can happen, um, but uh, you know we are building towards um, this war with the the Pikes. Um, you know, in terms of theories, I think Cobb Vance alive, um, Showgirl is alive. Like I think that's basically the only Flash Dance. Flash <laughs> Showgirls. No wait. <laughs> What, you, what am I thinking of? You're thinking With of Elizabeth Berkeley? Berkeley. Oh, Elizabeth, Black yeah, Berkeley. And Showgirls, which I have a weird relationship with, which I'm not going to go on. Does anyone have a good, weird relationship with Showgirls? Good relationship with that movie? <laughs> it, uh, I don't want to go into it. It was a weird day. It was a horrible movie. But like, listen, um, yeah. Amanda, but yes. like, I was there too. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Whatever. I was like, Jesse, One. Jesse Spano, why? <laughs> uh, uh, my reaction was different. But Guys, there's, a great, not... there's a great joke in the new Saved by the Bell where they reference yes. Jesse Spano's history of it. going to Las Vegas as showgirl. Yeah, it's very funny. funny. <laughs> uh, I heard the show is very good too. It's Alex very good. I heard it. Yeah. Is. Uh, I keep trying to convince people to give it a chance. It's yeah, good. I, I like it. I think we'll all have this kind of theory, but I think there's going to be some Crimson Dawn element. It just, it, they left it on the table. It really makes a lot of sense in the grand scheme of things of like throwing them back into this world that's kind of already been established. And you can already tell that they are picking from just any part of the Star Wars established canon. And we know Solo is an established part of the, the, you know, the Disney Star Wars universe. So I think, I think we'll get some kind of, if if not direct influence of Crimson Dawn in the next episode, we will get um, some sort of like tease for the second season or whatever you want to call this now, because there might not even be another season of Book of Boba Fett, but the storyline can continue somewhere else. Who fucking knows? Um, I would say that. Uh, Bill. Well, I just I did a quick, uh, quick look and Rodriguez is directing this episode. So I expect guns and lots of them. I feel like this is going to be a big old shoot 'em up. Uh, I think this is good. This has to be the longest episode of the season because one, you have to have 
the people of Freetown agree to go fight the Pikes. You have to hopefully pay off uh, Baby Yoda's decision. I'm not calling him Grogu anymore. Um, and we ha- just give me this. his name is Grogu, Bill. We've discussed this. I don't. Baby Yoda is his slave name. You cannot use it. God damn it! Don't make me feel like a bastard. Um, <laughs> like, uh, and then we have to, you know, we have to have the armoring up. At, you know, the Sam Raimi. You know, everyone's gearing up for for battle. Do we? And do we get the battle is the big question. I think we do. Does it conclude in this episode? I don't know. I and I don't think it will. I think we're going to get it and we're going to leave it on a cliffhanger and we're going to find out like, oh shit, there's another Star Wars series to wrap this up coming very shortly in this year and uh, Mando season three, which we've all assumed is the end of the year as it always is. It could be coming a lot sooner. We don't know. So because Disney is pretty much like, hey, we're going to really not tell you when things are coming out outside of Moon Knight is coming the end of March. I don't know. It's not Star Wars, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to I don't know if we're going to conclude things. Uh, Crimson Dawn, which, of course, led to my Asian Dawn reference from Die Hard. My, best, my best joke I've had in a long time. Hard. Uh, <laughs> like, why not go to Red Dawn instead? instead nope. of Asian? That makes too much sense. Better <laughs> or joke. Crimson Tide. No, well, first off, Crimson mm. Tide. Crimson Tide. <laughs> great movie. Very underrated. But um, I, saw it in a, I saw it in a theater in Woodbridge one time. It's great. Uh, it's down in New Jersey. Uh, but I, I do, I don't know if we are, are going to conclude this war in this episode. I don't know for, because, because a few episodes ago, I'm like, oh, obviously Boba Fett is running the Rancor into battle. Uh, and Still Danny, is. And Danny it's Trader definitely happening. And, and, but I don't know if that's going to happen this season. No, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Oh, no. That's the only thing that we know for sure is happening. I don't, I don't want to say it's definitely happening because if it doesn't, I'm going to be just. They gave that Rancor like three scenes. They're not going to not pay it off. There's more season. scenes of the Rancor than Boba Fett in this show. <laughs> At this yeah. point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that cameo? That's all I got to say. How about that cameo? <laughs> oh, God. One of those, um, one of those Gamorrean brothers is going to die and Ben's going to cry for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, that might happen too. Yeah. I, I wanted to say. I had another theory, but now I really think it's going to happen. So I'm not saying it. And I don't want to spoil it. This is the theory. No, you have to say it. Because then next week you get to say, oh, the thing that I said that I didn't say. I was right. My theory theory was sacrificed. So you should be good. I have to say it now. Here is my theory. Uh, Mando is about to die in battle. Where he's like going to get something's going to happen and then baby yoda shows up in the chainmail and the lightsaber and force heals him no and and protects him like he did in the first season where he protected him from the uh probably wrong whatever it's called with with the insignia that he has on his thank you dinosaur yeah because (laughs) they kind of set it up like think about it like (laughs) you have you have this choice and your dad's about to go into battle you don't know that, but if you do choose the, you know, the the Mandalorian way, you're going to go want to go find him. Maybe Ahsoka drops him off. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, and also, in terms of the Disney not telling us things, I think we get that with the finale. Oh, yeah. If we, don't, if we don't get it with the finale, we will get it like the day after, like Boba, you know, or maybe Mandalorian season three airs blank. Um, but that's my other theory. Uh, Alex, 
Okay, so I think definitely he's going to ride the Rancor, no doubt. I think 1, definitely it's going to be a mostly action kind of end of end game kind of assault of of fighting whatever i definitely think that grogu is going to come in and like save the day at the end probably with ahsoka instead of luke i feel like that makes more sense because you already had luke come in and save the day in the last episode of the mandalorian season two so you can't repeat that and plus that would then let us tease the the ahsoka show in the post credit scene which i think is where they would go instead of teasing mandalorian season three because like they've literally already given us half of season three of Mandalorian, <laughs> so we don't need any more teases we're already in um i also so i've been listening to you guys all season Why? and there's one there's one because i knew i was coming on so i had to do my prep um and <laughs> but uh, there's one thing that i feel like you guys have missed a little dropped line of dialogue that i think is really important to the overall kind of arc of what's going on. And that's when the when the Jabba family, the Huts, are talking to Boba Fett and they say, like, oh, like this place was promised to another group, the Pikes. And he's like, well, who promised them? And they don't answer. It's like that's clearly saying that there is another group that's higher above whatever is going on. Like there is an organization, a some a force of power of the universe that's more powerful then the huts, then the pikes, who told the huts they had to back down because the pikes were coming in. And so I think definitely it's Crimson Dawn. And we're definitely going to see that that's who was behind it. I think that Crimson Dawn is going to let the pikes get slaughtered. But yeah, I'm coming in. Well, so here's the thing. I I successfully convinced Bill that that wasn't going to happen, that Amelia Clark wasn't going to be in. But that was before I realized that this show was called Star Wars colon cameos. And so I think definitely now, of course, she's going to be in it in the finale. Justified. I'm I'm not not telling. We we totally that's the whole reason Crimson Dawn was brought up. Yeah, because I feel like it was missed at some point. Maybe you mentioned it earlier and then it didn't keep coming up. So it it didn't keep coming up because we were like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because I just think that there's like not even ambiguity to it at this. Like that is them saying there's something bigger and there's no one else other than Crimson Dawn than it could be. So it has to be that. The first order. I have. I have one more. I have one more thing at the that is kind of not really related to Book of Boba Fett because the last two episodes haven't been, but right. um, it is related to our guy Grogu. Uh, there's a line of dialogue that Luke says to Ahsoka where he says, "I feel like he's remembering more than I'm teaching him anything," and I think that is going to be key to Grogu's development in season three of The Mandalorian because I think what we're supposed to be led to believe is that. Even though he only went through a short amount of training with Luke, he actually has all of this unlocked potential, like hidden potential in him. All of the stuff that he knew that he's repressing because of his PTSD of of what yeah. happened at, when Order 66 went in. And so that will allow them to have him slowly become this like unstoppable user of the force, help Maybe even he gets to wield the dark saber instead of Mando, right? That because you know with the Force, right? It could happen, and it's and that's how they are able to justify it without having him go through the full Jedi training sequence that we know that he's supposed to have. Yeah, oh, like, this I was going to actually pose this question to Amanda was because she's the, the resident Star Wars expert. <laughs> Josh is like, hey. And Josh, no, Am- Amanda, Josh. she, she oh, takes hey, the cake. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> I said resident. Josh is a guest. <laughs> Amanda is the resident. Honor. He's a guest of honor. <laughs> yeah, guest of honor. So, it, like, do you have to, like, when you're going through this, like, the Jedi process, Padawan, Knight, uh, Master, right? Like, do you have to kind of just, like, is it, like, 
you know, um, you have to go and stay on that kind of arc or like, can you be a Jedi Knight and go do, go off and do some shit, like take a, you know, sabbatical or a year off and then go back and be a Jedi, like Jedi master. Right. I want to say in the books you, you did, um, but there were a lot more Jedi and masters back then. Like, I think there were different areas of focus. I mean, there were different lightsaber colors at that point too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, different, different ways to connect with the force. There was a lot more diversity um, and, you know, I mean, kind of just looking at the Clone Wars, I mean, you had Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of doing, I mean, you have Master and Apprentice doing their own, doing their own thing. And then they would come back yeah. and get together with everybody else. And you, so you have all these different stories of different, um, you know, different, different um, masters and Padawans going and, or different masters working together or somebody's Padawan working with another person's Padawan and everybody kind of did their own thing and kind of maybe had a different approach to the force, even the nature of their kyber crystals was different and, you know, all kind of just came back together. But I, I think it's a little bit more challenging now because it's just, you just have at this point, just Luke as a Jedi master so that, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much knowledge that was lost, you know, and everything happened with order 66 and, you know, Luke doesn't have anybody to really, I mean, he had Yoda, but that's even then that was very brief. Of course, he's got his encounter with Ahsoka as well, but you you lose, you lost a lot of that diversity of training. So, I mean, Grogu's training is going to be limited because there's not many people to learn from at this point. And that's the, um, the reason I, the reason I asked is because going against what like Alex is saying too, is I, I picked up on that as well. It's like he he was trained and then it was like his like memories or whatever were repressed, right? Sorry, repressed. What if Luke taps into that again and he kind of clicks all back in and he grabs the lightsaber with the force and he's like, I'm ready, bitch. Like you don't have to train. Well, I, I think that what we're led to believe is that was what Luke was trying to do and that there's so much trauma wrapped into those yeah. memories that Grogu just isn't ready to access mm-hmm. it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I hope I'm we like, get like a nice, like long therapy episode for Grogu <laughs> in Mandalorian season yeah. three. Wait, I think that would be really well, excellent. That's what I'm saying. And then it like, depends. Yeah. I think it depends too on how long he was a Padawan at the temple. They don't really. Well, he's 50, right? And he's 50, we know but, that. But like, 50 and Yoda. The events of, but like the events here are right. what 30 years after the uh, no. like order 66 right no. is that the timeline that we're in is it no, 50 years after no because order 66 is is the is is, uh, is, is, is is revenge of the sith isn't there 30 right. years between revenge of the sith and uh and um a new hope no there's 19 19 so okay. 19 luke okay. is 19 yeah because remember yeah. Luke oh, and Leia right are born. right yeah luke okay. and Leia are born so that's why I was about to say it was under 20. I think like 18 or 19. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Okay. So he would have been. So he could have been old enough to have gone through full training. 31? Yeah, 31. Could have. And, it, and it, it depends on who his master was, too, and all of that. You know, you don't know who he, who, I mean, or even if he had gotten to that point, maybe he was still in the room where he was a Padawan and they hadn't picked. You know, the, the masters hadn't picked their apprentices. Or the, I was their, waiting. Feels like he was definitely kept a secret, though. Like I feel yeah. like no one knew that he existed. So he would probably had like one mentor that we don't know about. That was like, and he had access to him. I was That'd waiting. Cool. I was waiting for one of those Jedi to turn around, and it was Samuel L. Jackson. Isn't there a rumor oh, that he's like still alive? One, that he didn't yeah, die. There is a rumor. There is. There which is. would make so much the, sense. The Holy other crap! One that would be awesome. Up, and he would say yes. Oh, yeah, he would. Yeah, but the other Yoda thing, he never like, says hey. no to anything. So Yoda's he like, would definitely come back. <laughs> I had this kid. Or, yeah, <laughs> I, I was about to, to say, him. there's that theory too. <laughs> this kid I had. 
Just get ahead. Because where's Yaddle? That's all I gotta say. Where's Yaddle? Mm -hmm. Where's Yaddle? Um, Josh. Um, theory. I love the, yeah. I was like, what we're we talking about again? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. We're talking uh, about Yoda's. We were talking about character. Yoda having a baby. Yoda's love life. Yeah. Yeah. Yoda's yeah. Love. Yoda I mean, and I mean, I know we're all shipping that so hard at this point. Um, no, uh, I did. <laughs> no, um, definitely vote for the Boba riding the Rancor. I think it's going to happen. Definitely think Grogu is going to come to the rescue. I. Also, definitely not definitely. I I think there's a high probability that the Crimson Dawn connection's there. Although one thing that may throw a wrench into that is, so it, I, I can't remember if it's in the Clone Wars or in uh, the comics, but typically there's like a Council of the Huts, and they're the ones who kind of decides which huts get to control which planets or territories. And so that could have been a reference of like you like they were just given that land. It could be like the kind right. of the, the hut council but most of them are dead though right because didn't because darth vader killed pretty much all the heads of the i thought so mm. i thought so i thought he killed oh, no most even the guy from uh from the clone wars uh movie the little baby java oh. stinky yeah i don't know whatever happened to baby java or like baby java because they never really brought him back up so go in through all that to keep him safe if did. I remember correctly, I think I think Darth Vader had killed all the heads of okay. the, the hut. Does Ahsoka know that Anakin killed Stinky? <laughs> <laughs> that's his name? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, well, that's, that's what Ahsoka named it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you, if you there's some weird names in Star Wars. Like you should see the names of Chewbacca's family. Like it's wild. Yes. Um, Lumpy, I think, is his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. It reminds me of Community, where Abed, Abed puts together all of the the D and D storylines, but he's really bad episode. at naming the characters. Like it's like the most imaginative like uh, campaign. Hector the well but, like, endowed. Hector the well endowed. So funny. Wait, I'm Hector the well endowed again. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. So we're gonna go into our final segment, which should be the quickest since we've been talking about this episode for almost two hours. Um, this is basically we just rate the episode um, because we've already gone through theories. You could say anything else we haven't mentioned yet about the episode if you'd like, but we are going to rate this episode specifically on a scale of one to 10 little robots who build Jedi temples. Better than what I had. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. So uh, on a scale of one to 10 little robots who build Jedi temples, Bill, what do you rank this episode? Nine. Loved it. It was it was fan service in the best way possible. Like uh, many of you guys have said, it was fan service, but it all tied into a greater story and it worked really well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I literally watched it and then had to stop and watch it, and then I just ended it and watched it again because I had to. And I didn't. It's been very rare that I do that with television in general, not just Star Wars television. Yeah, uh, Alex. Before I answer, can I steal the reins and do a quick lightning round question with everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You we are the, say, the better podcaster. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what is does every what does everybody think Grogu's gonna choose? Like Amanda. Is it the is it the I, lightsaber or is it the chainmail? I think he's gonna go chainmail because if you're if it, I, I, I really think it, it's gonna come down to whether the, the new trilogy is retconned or not. Because if if you take if he takes the chainmail, it safely gets him away from getting slaughtered <laughs> at the at the temple. Um, and it can put him in a different world away. It, it nicely rides him off into the sunset with Mando to have more adventures. 
if he chooses the little chainmail. Although I would like to see him with both. I feel like the safe approach is going to be putting him with the chainmail. Josh, what do you think? Uh, it's going to be both. Mando and Luke have joint custody from now on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bill, don't how about you? Don't have to say it, Josh. Josh, Josh took mine. Yeah, Josh took mine too. No, I think so it, you you think no, that no, he's no, going to no. take both of them? Yeah. No, I he's think, a kid. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Wow, we're projecting. Uh, <laughs> all, all, all the parents are projecting. Um, Imagine no, all I, the frogs no, he could slaughter with Yoda's lightsaber. I think he's going to go with the chainmail, and then something's going to happen. He's going to end up with that saber. I don't think he's going to choose it, but he's going to end up with it. Okay, and I think it's definitely chainmail. I think the whole reason why that exists is to get him away from Luke and back. Actually, it's all Lord of the Rings tie-in because now Disney bought Amazon, and we got the Lord of the Rings thing happening. That's what. Yes, every every link in the chainmail is a ring in the Middle Earth. It is. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, uh, uh, so for my what was my question? (laughs) Your question is: What do you rate this episode for? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I would do. I would do eight robots. I think it was really a satisfying hour of television. It was a lot of fun. It was, it gave us the promise of what all of the fans wanted. And I think that that's great. And it did it in a non-toxic way. And that's rare and rarer these days. So I'm here for it. It's, it's, I maintain that, but the book of Boba Fett as a TV show is a bad TV show, but these, uh, the start of Mandalorian season three has me very excited for what we're going to get in December. Uh, Josh. Um, just one final conspiracy theory. If I'm putting on like my biggest tinfoil hat, yeah. uh, Darth Maul comes back and is in charge of the Crimson Dawn. Um, Isn't, didn't he die twice? He's no, died he's so many remember times. At of, remember at the end he's of Solo? Well, no, then he died in Rebels. Oh, he come did. on. Yeah. Yeah. Killed him. But he's he's died so many times, really. Like, what's another time for him? And like, yeah. he he died on Tatooine, so... You know, he's probably just hanging out somewhere with some Jawas, right, just well, nice maybe drink. There's a, maybe there's a clone of him out there. Yeah, I mean, Palpatine what had a bunch of clones. Yeah. Why not? Somehow, Darth don't, has, Darth please Maul don't returned. remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, Palpatine has returned. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. My favorite, my favorite thing of dialogue in the last decade yeah. is uh, somehow Palpatine has, Palpatine has returned. I can't even say his name. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> um, so obviously a reference to the Pope and Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm here for Darth Maul coming back because I get more Sam Witwer. This is the Star Wars boyfriend. Hell yeah. You listening, Sam? Call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm going to rate this a nine and a half. I Whoa. really enjoyed oh. this episode. If, if I'm looking at it compared to all the other five was great. I loved the episode five. It was amazing. This one, though. You know, the fan service was great. All the cameos were handled well, even though Luke's was a little glitchy, but everything was handled well. Um, I mean, I, yes, it could have used more Boba, but if we're following this train, it's probably going to continue. Um, and, and I just, I loved it. Cad Bane, man, I think they just nailed that because it's such a hard, that's such a, a hard character to translate. Almost like Ahsoka. Um, just, they're so, they're, especially if you've watched the animated shows, you're so invested in those characters that it's like, ooh, you guys like nailed it, nailed it. So really impressed. Um, And I wanna add to the conspiracy theory thing. I think we're definitely gonna find out who rescued Grogu from the temple. Mm. I'm hearing Barris Offrey is Mm. another choice that's coming up as well. So 
I need to go back and watch, but people were saying that if you are looking at the scene, you can see her crests from her room. I don't know, Josh, did you see them? Is that? <laughs> I, I didn't see them. Go. Yeah, I read the I same thing Bar- though. Yeah, so people were saying Barris Offrey is another choice. Um, you know, so Barris Offrey like- killed by Cersei Lannister in like season it four was. of Game of Thrones. Hundred percent killed by. Oh man, it's yeah, getting right. late. But Don't I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think we're gonna we're gonna find out who rescued Grogu. Oh, but yes, nine and a half. This is gonna be a two and a half hour finale. It's about to get through. You think the they're pop- gonna tell us that in the Boba Fett finale? You don't think no. they're gonna save that for Mando? They're gonna save it. They're gonna save it for Mando. I, well, okay. okay, for Boba Fett, I feel like it's gonna wrap up. I feel like we're gonna have, and again, here comes our wrestling fan, like elimination chamber style, because you're gonna get all these different bounty hunters coming in. You got BK. I think you're. I think it's gonna end with the Pikes. Just the pikes finishing, like you're you're done with that war. But there are still the other crime families, and again, Crimson Dawn's going to come in. I think we're going to get them teased for the next season of Boba Fett. Um, you're you're going to wind up with that next segue, um, and we may even see it in Mando season three. They may further that kind of like they're doing. I feel like this is a test run. <laughs> this show is a test run. I feel like this is the way Filoni and and Favreau want to approach this going forward. So this was a test run, and I think we're going to see more of this. Um, but I feel like we're going to get this like. Straight up, just elimination chamber style match. I don't know, just or even a Royal Rumble, if you will. I think you're going to have BK. Obviously, you're going to have BK. You're going to have Cad uh, Cad Bane. You're going to have Cobb Cobb Vanth going in there. You're going to, even though he's not a bounty hunter, but you've got Fennec, you've got Boba, you've got Mando. I feel like maybe we might even get Bosk coming in there at some point. I, I feel like he's a good cameo, very realistic one. Uh, maybe we'll even see Dangar. I feel like we're going to see a bunch of different bounty hunters kind of going at it, and it's going to be cool. What lots about of, the armor, the other, the two Mandos that we saw last episode? Do you think they come back? No, I think they're going to, I think, I think we'll see them in, in Mando season three. I don't think they're going to, I think they're done with them in Boba Fett. Cool. There's actually a, a recent comic arc called the war of the bounty hunters. And it's actually like, they could basically be doing that right now, or at least setting it up um, and make that whatever the Boba Fett show is supposed to be. I will go as quick as possible with this. Because I'm in two mindsets of like, in terms of an episode of the book of Boba Fett, um, I'd have to lean more towards of what Alex rated, because that's a fair assessment of like, hey, if this is a show about Boba Fett, it's not really a great Boba Fett episode. However, um, I'm a nerd. I'm a Star Wars fan. um, And I'm a human being. I think this is a 10 out of 10 episode of just television. I think this will go down as one of the most enjoyable episodes of television I've ever watched in my life because it was just, it hit on all cylinders for me of like what I want my eyeballs to receive. And it was amazing from start to fucking finish. You started with Cobb Vanth and you ended with Cad Bane. Did it again, Alex, not that hard. So <laughs> no, I love I, that, you, that your thing is just like, I'm a human being. Like yeah. I have, a, I have <laughs> yeah, yeah. a soul. Again, do I have to list out that we got Mando, Grogu, R two D two, Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Cad Bane, and Cobb Vanth in the same goddamn episode? Oh, and also there was a cameo for Boba Fett as well. Like Jesus Christ, guys! You got a little and bit BK. Of BK. You got BK. You got Fett. I mean, like yeah, it Gabriel was just fine there. But Chewbacca like, Dark as I like everything we talked about, guys. Everything we talked about. The standoff between uh Cobb Vath and Cad Bane, um, the 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 conversations between Ahsoka and Luke, Luke training Grogu, getting to see a little uh 
Yoda-like creature doing flips again that we haven't seen since the only good part of uh, Attack of the Clones, which is the Yoda fight scene and the end fight to begin with. Um, it's the only good part of those movies is those two things. I, I, is it the love story? Is that what you liked about yeah, uh, that movie? It's, it's Anakin's speech about how sand is terrible and gets That's everywhere. True. Sorry. It's, That's true. There's nothing truer in all of Star Wars than that monologue. It's very true. Uh, yeah, I... I I just loved it, man. I, I, it honestly makes me go back to last week where I think I said like a 9.8 because the, the worst part about it in quotes was that it just had nothing to do. Literally didn't even have Boba in it. If you look at those two episodes back to back, like those are two just insanely good Star Wars episodes of anything ever in terms of Star Wars. That's crazy to think about that. We got those all of those things to happen within these two episodes in a show that had literally no right to do it in but they're like we make the rules and i'm cool with that so 10 out of 10 for me um but also i asked you anyone has ever rated an episode in a socially distanced history yeah and then also it's kind of also like an 8.5 if you really think about it so <laughs> i know it makes no sense but it really is true because it, I, i'm in those two mindsets of like is it a good boba fett episode not really but it does further the plot i guess but at the same time, holy crap, is it a gr- an insanely good Star Wars thing? So, yeah. And that's actually going to wrap it up for the Book of Boba Fett, the, uh, the Boba Book Club for this week. Uh, we will end really quick with plugs. I'm almost losing my voice at this point, so I'll go really quick. You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, I will be posting photos. Um, and you can also see the review itself on the poprate.com very soon. I have to get to it. I had yeah. a sick child with COVID all week, so it's been tough, but I will get to it. My photos of Casey Musgraves, King Princess, and Muna from the Wells Fargo Center in Philly and my review of that show. Very good show. Uh, don't like taking photos from the soundboard, but you'll yeah. see them anyway. Um, and that's, that's it for me. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Media Thinkings. You can follow my film podcast, Cinema Joes. Uh, in about two weeks, we're going to be doing our I've special Oscar. Yes, you have. Al has been on it. Bill has been on it. Josh has been on it. Amanda, I'm just meeting you for the first time, but I'd love you to come on. Um, we're going to be doing our Oscar nomination special in two weeks uh, with a film editor from poprate.com, uh, Marissa Carpico. We're going to, that's our third annual Oscar special that we've done with her, where we kind of go analyze all of the, all of the news of the day. And we give predictions that are always wrong. And it's a lot of fun. Um, we even, uh, talk about how we were wrong in the last years, which is a nice, uh, way to stay humble in that episode. <laughs> um, in addition to that podcast, as Bill has talked about, um, I'm, I'm host of a TV break with Josh and Bill, um, that just came out this week we talked a lot about a lot more about paramount plus than we thought we would be so i hope that's a big tease for everybody but we also talk about the after party which is a show that everyone here i think would really enjoy it's a really funny show on apple tv plus first episode is on youtube for free so at least check that out it's really fun um 
And then also uh, monthly, I have my MCU podcast with Bill, Bill versus the MCU, where Bill uh, was nice enough to give me his vocals so that way I could produce some killer tracks for our intro music. Um, and yeah, we're just slowly going through all of all of the MCU, three movies at a time. So we did uh, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2. And next month, we're going to be doing uh, Thor, Captain America, the First Avengers, and The Avengers. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Josh, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Josh Sarnecki. And then they can also find me at the Anniversary Brothers podcast with my brother, Aaron, um, who I'm sure is really rearing to go and hopefully get a chance to be on this show eventually. I know he's been been anticipating it. Uh, so if that invite goes out, he'll, he'll say yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they can also find me at uh, the the TV break podcast, Bill and Alex. Uh, yeah, definitely encourage people to listen to the last episode. If you want to know why fountains are funny and why I was scarred by Cloverfield. Oh my God. Oh my God. Josh's story. story. Oh, God. I just re-listened to the episode and I forgot that you mentioned that. And I just like oh burst out God. laughing all over again. It's That's a great a, Cloverfield story by Josh. I gotta, listen to, I gotta listen to this episode. Oh my God. God. It takes, it takes turns. Yeah, you're not That's expecting not, where it's headed. You're not going to expect. It, 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 I'm it, here <laughs> for it. I know what I'm like, doing after this. Like this episode <laughs> of the Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> this episode of the Mando Boba show. The Mando Boba Fett. Uh, the Mando <laughs> Boba Hour. Um, Amanda, um, so, where can people find you? Uh, I'm primarily active on Instagram at Amandalorian. Uh, I'm a big nerd. I just work out post nerd shirts and random memes. Cause I'm just funny like that. Um, and, but basically just please follow mission pro wrestling. So I'm the, I am the general manager and, uh, we have a show coming up March 5th. No, Debes Jugar is the name of the show. Cause we are doing musical themed our music themed shows for, for this year. And uh, that is, if you're in the Texas area, if you want to go to Conroe, Texas, that's where we'll be at Southern Star Brewery, but you can also watch live on Title Match Network. We are already releasing the matches and it's going to be great. And then we will also be in Dallas for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we are participating in GCW's The Collective wrestling events that are going on that weekend as well. So we will have a show Saturday, April 2nd at three o'clock. So join us. Hang out with us. It's so much fun. And you can watch our last show on Title Match Network as well. And for people who awesome. don't know, Amanda is an amazing Ahsoka Tano cosplayer. So you'll see that on her Instagram as well. Very true. Um, Bill, you close just us out. Yeah, if you just, oh God, after my terrible endings where my computer almost died last episode and then the episode <laughs> before that, I gave a terrible theory. Episode before that, I'm like, okay. oh, the show's over. I'll I'll end the actual show, but you just okay, plug. Good. Thank God. Um, so yes, I uh, for my uh, dumbass wrestling takes and retweets from thepopbreak.com. Check us out. At, check me out. I should say at Bodkin writes W R I T E S. But most importantly, thepopbreak.com. Uh, really cool fact: like ten years ago, I I co-produced the first live event Pop Break ever did at the Wonder Bar. Uh, one of those bands actually went on to get a national record deal. Our opening band, Crobot, which was awesome. They opened for Motorhead and Anthrax at one point. Um, and uh, it was uh, the start of my 10-year run producing shows. And 
Um, if all gets better in the world, we will be doing a pop break anniversary show slash Christmas show in Asbury Park, New Jersey in 2022. Bar Mitzvah uh, bash. It has to be a bar mitzvah bash. It's your 13th year. It, it will be, but it's also probably Bill's 40. It's, it's basically how drunk can Bill get and still DJ and host a show. Uh, by the way, the answer is very and very well. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but most importantly, thepopbreak.com. We've been doing this for 13 years, like Alex said. Uh, we're covering uh, movies, music, uh, television, anime, pro wrestling, comic books, digital trends, all sorts of great stuff. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at The Pop Break. Of course, follow all the podcasts Alex puts so much diligent and passionate work into. Pop Break TV, The Break Cast, and The Winner Still Is, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. All these hubs can be found on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. And this podcast can now be found, thanks to Al, on Amazon Music. So check that out. Of course, Alex and Al will talk about how we can get more of our podcast. Yeah, on Amazon trade notes. And Audible. <laughs> and Audible. Oh, we're on Audible now? Holy shit. Look at that, guys. So, uh, yeah, followthepopbreak.com. We have a lot of great stuff going on there where our music section is now firing up once again after essentially two years of being dormant. And we're coming back. Of course, we got the concert reviews. We have a whole bunch of interviews actually coming up that we're working on right now bringing back some writers who haven't had a lot to do in the last two years. So I'm very excited for everyone to check those interviews out. And the Breakcast has a new music show premiering sometime this month, all about the discography of Rush, which is a band that uh, Bill does not like, but he's not on the podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Top of the base, boys. If y'all do a Nine Inch Nails one, I'm totally there because that's my favorite band. Oh, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually only going to do the Johnny Cash covers of Nine Inch Nails. So oh I'm cool with that, though. It's a good cover. <laughs> I'll take us home. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Please come back next week. And if Max Rebo is dead, we riot. <laughs> That's actually the best way to end the episode. Yeah.